And we're back with another episode of Franchise My Business, the podcast for franchisors hosted by franchisors. I'm your host, Kevin Oldham, and we are going to have a phenomenal conversation because we're going to talk to another marketer, another person who uh, basically wakes up every single day to try to help franchise uh, professionals, whether it's Z's or Zors, be successful in their mission. And so without further ado, I'm just, we're just going to hop right in. Uh, Chris Olivo, come on, throw me yeah. a book. Did I nail it? We were, we were, yeah, we were joking it. about all the you ways it. it's been butchered. So, so Chris Olivo, he is with almost magical marketing. As a matter of fact, he's not just with it. He is one of the partners. He is the CEO. He is a world champion, Brazilian jiu-jitsu martial artist. And so, uh, we're going to talk about how martial arts has impacted his, his work. And we're going to talk about franchise and we're going to talk about marketing and a bunch of other cool stuff. So, Hey, Chris, man, welcome to the show. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, man. Super excited for this. Super excited. You know, Yeah. so I was in Costa Rica and I was with a mutual friend of ours, you know, just in passing. He's like, mm-hmm. dude, you guys need to know each other. And I don't think Damon knew how aligned we were. It's like, all right, we both love no, martial yeah. arts. We both love yep. franchises. We're both really focused on digital marketing. It's like, oh, we both curse a lot when we're not on the air. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just like, holy smokes, how have we not crossed each other's paths at this point in our yeah. in our journeys? But uh, here well, we like are. That Spider-Man meme pointing at each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just because we're just like you. True. No, you. No, you. Yeah. And you like llamas. <laughs> So if you're watching the video, you can see the llamas. If you're not, if you're just listening, if you go to Almost Magical Marketing's website, you're going to see if they got this whole llama theme and it just makes you happy and fun. And yeah. I love serendipity in the world. So uh, let's talk about the llamas. How the hell did you sure. guys pick a llama? Oh, so, man, it was uh, different iterations, right? When we were starting the company, it kind of started with the name. Um And so we wanted transparency built into the name. And that's why we went with like almost magical marketing because we were like, Oh, if we just call it like magical marketing, we'll sound like we're a little facetious, you know, Mm -hmm. we don't like making promises that we can't keep type of deal. We're honest people, honest business. And so we went with that and then we're like, well, what's magical, right? Like what's something that people can, I like see and identify us with something that's kind of fun and represents who we are. Um, and we were going back and forth between different animals cause we knew we wanted an animal. Um, and then we stuck with the llama because ultimately they're kind of like silly animals. They're very resilient. They're smart. Um, and they're kind of majestic in their own right, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of why we went with the little llama guy with the sunglasses on tongue out because we're yeah. just here to, he also looks like he's, he's throwing up like the hang loose kind of like, it kind of makes, yeah, almost kinda, makes me yeah. feel like that, which is always my sign to people. So he, he's a, he or she, the llama is a cool, cool mascot. Yeah. Uh, we actually call it Dolly. That's Dolly. The Dolly llama. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. yeah. yeah uh, so. Any plans to get a real llama? people have asked me that Mm -hmm. (laughs) what do you think that's an actual question i mean you're in vegas Um, i don't know do they hold up in the heat in the desert uh so i think they would have a rough time out here because of the fur Mm -hmm. um but they're used to like hot environments in general um (laughs) but it's just so barren here because it's a desert but i think my ultimate goal uh like whenever i'm ready to leave the city is go to somewhere where i have a ton of land 
and I'm probably going to end up with like two llamas there. I, I would know? probably. And if you have name one Tina, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Little Napoleon Dynamite reference yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. I love that movie. I do That's too. Great. I do too. You get me in the kitchen and get me a case of Dilla. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, martial arts too. That's, uh, Napoleon's. Oh uh, yeah, that's uncle. right. Yeah. 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 It's like one of my, Rex Quando. Yeah. yeah Rex Quando. It's so funny. No, it was man. funny. Break the wrist, walk away. I want to talk about, I want to, I want to, before we dive into the business stuff, because man, I'll tell you martial arts for me has been a huge unlock in my life. And I'm only, yeah, I'm only two, I'm not, I'm two and a half years into the journey. Right. And mm-hmm. for me, it is going to be a life journey for me. Like I, I will practice until I can't practice anymore physically because it's been so good for me. Um, your discipline that you've chosen and that you practice is mm-hmm. Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Yes. And dude, you're like, I know that your season ended when in December? Uh, yeah, no. So it already, yeah, it started, uh, in January again. Yeah. Ended in December. So in 2022, what was your title Uh, at the end of 2022 season? I won a a world title as a Brown belt. And so I got promoted to black belt on the podium. And so I was a world champion as of 2022. Dude, that's awesome. I just got chills saying that. Feeling that man. I mean, uh, (laughs) Oh man. And, you know, I share with, it's a lot, it's a lot. And it's a game of inches too. That's the kind of thing, man. It's, uh, well, congrats on that. That's huge. Thank you. you. It's something that nobody can ever take from you. No. Yeah. And it's not something I ever thought would have been possible when I started. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's crazy. It's a testament to finding the right environment. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. The right environment will make you and take you to where you need to go. Right. People around you is the biggest thing. Yeah, absolutely. So. Just like life and business. Um, how long yeah. have you been a martial artist? Um, um around nine years, yeah. almost nine years now. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. first world title, Jiu-Jitsu. right? Yep. Yeah. And under one coach, I didn't switch coaches. I went from white belt to black belt with the same person. You did, uh, which is very rare. And my coach is very famous in the martial arts world. Now, I don't know a lot about BJJ. My question for you is why did you get promoted on the podium? Is winning the world championship a direct correlation to becoming a black belt? Yeah. So it's a direct correlation to being able to move on to the next belt, because even if you want it at like blue belt or purple belt, it's very typical that if you got first at worlds, you're going to get your belt on the podium Okay. because it's literally saying you're the best in the world right now at this moment, at this level. And so at this weight class, at this division, and so it's time for you to move on. There's nothing else for you to do, you know, at this rank. That is so cool. That is so cool. Yeah. Yeah, Because in in my discipline, which is uh, Taekwondo, I mean, first of all, the journey of black belts, three years, not like a decade. Mm -hmm. I know that you guys have a lot longer path, um, but, but you're typically not, you know. You, you, you have a testing and it doesn't happen on a podium. So like, what a cool, like combination of events that would happen. Yeah. Uh, did you cry? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, yeah. I did. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, I would have cried too, man. Yeah. yeah, man. You, you get so many injuries. I've won and lost so many tournaments. I've competed at every single belt level, mm-hmm. uh, for like eight years straight, you know, and you have this thing that's like so elusive to so many people. 
most people never compete, let alone win a world title. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like, after I won it, I was just so overwhelmed. I was just like, this took me eight years to do. And I did this for five, six days a week for eight years, you know? Um, and so it was kind of like, that was like the first time I've cried for winning anything. Yeah. You know, I was just yeah. like, Oh man, it's beautiful. It's man. It is beautiful. Yeah. I can, I can, uh, I can almost feel the emotions myself having, you know, won events and lost events and, you know, um, it is emotional and, uh, yeah, the ultimate, ultimate sign of your commitment to hard yeah. work. So, all right. So let's talk about, let's talk about marketing and franchises, man. I mean, it's like the other sure. thing that you and I are, you know, you and I are very similar in the fact that we wake up, we work on marketing franchises. We work on martial yeah. arts at some point during the day ourselves and probably sleep. So it's a pretty simple life. Uh, but it's also complex because marketing for franchises is not simple. Um, no. I want to hear about your business journey, man. So like, sure. let's talk about how long, uh, almost magical marketing has been around. I know you've got a partner. Let's talk about like mm-hmm. just kind of the history of your organization. Kind of like how we got here or yeah. like, yeah. The like how'd you, okay. how'd you, how'd you, how did your company come to be? So there's a long winded answer and a short winded one. I'll start with the short one. So we had my partner and I, we worked in a different startup that was like VC backed, was constantly in media, worked with celebrities, right? There was like this crazy journey we we're on. We both got hired there. And so her and I worked together um, very, very well. And uh, while I was there, I started new brands. I sold to big distributors, big box companies. And I got all this experience doing marketing and sales at a very high level. Um, and so, uh, Ultimately, that company ended up imploding because with all the highs, there were even like deeper lows, like constantly missed paychecks, stuff like that. My credit went to crap working there. So it's like, oh, I'm hanging out with Snoop Dogg on one night. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm eating. No, I'm literally not even joking. Yeah, Yeah. like peanut butter. Like I'm like, I just was at Snoop Dogg's private compound in L.A. hanging out with him and his friends. And now I'm at home in this apartment and I'm literally eating peanut butter and I'm like, it's, it's crazy. So there was like this thing. It it just wasn't real, you know? Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of corruption going on at that company. And so ultimately it just crossed like ethical lines with us and we just had to leave. And so we had planned on starting a business, um, once we exited, cause we were supposed to exit and drive off in Ferraris and all this stuff. And yeah. there was this whole like promise that was told to us, which is why we stayed so long and none of that happened. So we're like, Oh, well, do you want to start a business now with zero money and you know, no other options? Um, and so my partner was like, screw it. Let's, let's do it. Let's figure it out. And so we started this, um, and we're going on five years now. And, um, we've been growing year over year. Everything's been great. I can't complain at all. We have a fantastic team. We work with a ton of clients. And so that's kind of how we got into this space, um, is we left that kind of the toxicity we we're in, mm-hmm. had to start all over again, burn everything to the ground to build it back up. And, um, we did it with honesty. We, you yeah. know, and that that's carried us really, really far is yeah. literally just being good people just being honest people. So, and doing good work, obviously. So, yeah, Yeah, there's a lot to be said about integrity and being honest. And, um, sometimes it's hard. 
Yeah. As a matter of fact, most of the time it's hard because there's so many ways that, that you can take a shortcut in business. Um, oh, 100%. And, and really nobody's watching besides yourself, you know? No. <laughs> you, can get away, you can get away with a lot, man. Right, right. And, like, um, yeah. and, and so, yeah, I mean, it's like, hey, building the environment of integrity, of honesty. I mean, I like to think that that's, that's also what we've done in our organizations as well. You know, I think when you're in a scenario and you leave it and you have this opportunity to create the exact work environment that you want to also yep. attract the type of people that you want to work with. And that's a pretty 100%. cool opportunity that not a lot of people get. You know, you really only get that at the beginning of a new venture. I mean, you can reinvent throughout the process, but really yeah. just architect that vision and saying, hey, like, what's a crazy cool environment that we want to come to work at every day? Design and that's what it's building. It's, it's building like a structure. It's yeah. building like a, almost a mini society and how things operate. Yeah, and, it is. You know, if you do it the right way, you know, you, you do good things. Ultimately, mm -hmm. um, you gross. I think I'm, I'm willing to bet and I don't have like data to back this up, but I'm willing to bet that if you are more corrupt, you can grow much faster, Oh yeah. you know, than doing it the honest way, Yes, but it's going to blow up in your face one day. Cause yeah. you know, that's, it, it won't last. No. And you know, frankly, I see that stuff. I mean, um, Kind of the way I see it, I, you know, I, I, we're in Kansas City and I get the Kansas City Business Journal email twice, twice, a, twice a day, a morning brief mm -hmm. and evening. And I just like to know what's happening in my local business community because I love my community. And I will see people taking shortcuts all the time. And you know what yeah. those shortcuts are? They result in prison sentences of embezzlement or fraud or all yeah. these things. And I'm like, man, you just didn't act with integrity. You know, yeah, you didn't act with integrity. You tried to take a shortcut. You didn't do the work. You tried to take stuff that wasn't yours, maybe. And um, and then, yeah, you always get caught. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you do. I think you can do a lot of stuff without uh, people watching. But guess what? There's always a trail, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like you're, you're eventually uh, the universe is going to correct you. Absolutely. You know? what, uh, it's 100%. going to, it's a hundred percent going to, I'm just amazed at the lack of moral compass. Some people have, mm -hmm. cause like me, I, you know, I feel things deeply. And so like, if I feel like I did something wrong, like I think about it, you know, I reflect on it. I yeah. can't, I don't understand people that just like constantly do these kind of things. And ultimately they sleep peaceful at night. I'm like, dude, oh, you're yeah. built different. Like, yeah. You know, yeah, I had a, crazy. I had a crazy gut check on this topic and it was a small thing, but I was really proud of myself. Um, I was at a water park with my family in Branson, Missouri this past weekend. And, okay. you know, it's a tourist trap place. Everything's overpriced. Um, you know, food, water, all that stuff's like super overpriced. And I went to the concession stand and I got like a couple beverages and, you know, I think like a pretzel or something for my kids. And dude rung up the ticket. It was still expensive. <laughs> it was yeah. like in the teens, but I knew that like 50% of it still wasn't there. I was still, I think it was like in the teens for the two bottles of water. Like I think they're like $6 mm -hmm. a piece or something. And mentally I'm like, dude, this is like 50 cents to $2 worth of stuff. They're going to charge me 30 bucks for it. I could just walk away right now. Or I could point out yep. the fact that they, I don't feel like they charge me for either the pretzel or the waters. And I pointed out and I said to the guy, I said, Hey, this is really messed up. Cause I don't like overpaying for stuff, but I don't feel like you charged me for everything. And he's like, no, you're right. I didn't. And I'm like, well, as much as I don't wow. want to overpay with stuff, overpay for this crap. 
please hit my card. And my kids weren't even there. It was just me. It was just me. And I, but I did pause for a second. I'm like, all right, what should I do here? You know, cause I feel like I've been taken advantage of the day before yeah. by the same theme park owned by them. I'm like, Oh man, but that's the right thing to do. It's integrity. I can sleep yeah. good at night. And so those are the moments that really matter in my opinion. Yeah. Sleeping good is better than money. Yeah. Like when, and, and your and your moral, your moral compass, right? Yeah. Cause it, yeah. cause if you make a move there, where else will you make one? No, exactly. Or else were you sacrifice? compromise there, yeah. you'll compromise in many other situations. Right. Your relationships, your who knows, right? All right. Overpaying well, about- for stuff does suck, though. Oh, it totally sucks. I was going to say that I one time went to this, uh, I was in this hotel. I can't remember if it was in D.C. or New York, but I ordered up three bottles of water for room service because mm-hmm. it was like, I was just so tired. It was $44 a bottle yeah. of water. Forty-four yeah. per dot per <laughs> bottle, dude. Wait, yeah. where you? What hotel are you at? <laughs> Holy crap, dude! That's forty-four dollars, bro. I remember looking at it per, after per bottle and being like, per bottle. It was literally a hundred over one hundred twenty bucks <laughs> for three bottles of water. And I remember I was like, "What the fuck did I just do? What did I just do, Chris? Why? <laughs> why didn't you look before?" But oh yeah, my no, gosh, that's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. Be careful when ordering water, guys. Yeah, no kidding. You just no don't kidding. know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's well, my message to the world. There you go. There you go. Well, this show is called Franchise My Business. We haven't really talked about franchising. So, I feel like we probably should. Um, yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, who knows? Maybe we don't. But let's talk about franchising. So, yeah, we can do that. You guys exclusively work with franchisors and franchisees? Yeah, like 99% of our business model is working with franchisees and then ultimately working with franchisors just because we like solving big problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of economies to, of scale to like working with a multi-location brand. Mm-hmm. And so that's been the traditional uh, part of our like core business is yeah. working with those kind of concepts. Yep. Yeah. We take other people here and there. Um, for other stuff, if we like the business and really think that we can help. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's our main focus is multi-location. That's awesome. And you said you work with the Z's a lot, not necessarily the Zors. So is that kind of been your approach or are you going in through the franchise organization structuring, you know, becoming a preferred vendor or are you working from the personal relationship uh, perspective at yeah. the, at the location level? Like how, how, how so, do you guys, how do you guys work? Sure. Sure. Um, so traditionally what we've done um, was work through the franchisees to the Zor, mm-hmm. right? You get enough of the franchisees happy. They tell the Zor. Yep. Right. And so um, that's kind of how with one of the brands we work with, how we uh, started becoming uh, like a preferred, we're a mandatory vendor. Mm-hmm. for like the grand openings and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, uh, which is why we wrote that book that we wrote, but hold on um, what book? Uh, hold it's it called the grand up. opening game plan. <laughs> That's the other <laughs> thing we here. forgot to talk about yeah. the guy yeah. and the gal who wrote the book on grand openings for franchises. I read it this past yeah. weekend. It's a great read. So pick it up on Amazon. It's called the grand opening. What game plan game plan. Boom. There you go. Just kind of like a step-by-step approach to opening a brand new business, mostly for brick and mortar, but you can apply it to online too. For sure. Um, And so that's how we started working with Azores was we were making all the franchisees happy. And then 
eventually the Zors wanted to meet us and stuff like that. Um, we're at the point now where we're more so approaching the Zors because we've kind of built that network a little mm-hmm. bit better. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I mean, we don't mind if we're going through a Z ultimately we're, but we're looking to solve big problems. And yep. so our goal is to work at the top level and say, Hey, you know, you have all these marketing issues, just like any other brand does. We can solve this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, you know, yep. Yep. um, kind of deal. And so, um, that's kind of how we work now. Yeah, no, I love it. And that's the same thing, you know, that I've loved about the industry. It's like, Hey, you can, uh, so you go do some great work for, you know, franchise location. A lot of that work is replicable. It's got to be changed and whatnot, but you know, it's, it's, it's replicable across the entire system. And that's where some of the economies of scale come in for us as marketers, which is a highly human and complex type of business. You know, mark digital yeah. marketing today is just complex as, as, as it can ever be. Right. And it's not getting more simple. So, uh, that's awesome, man. And, um, when you guys are, so you, you get to run the grand openings, you're like a mandatory uh, vendor to help with grand openings with one of your systems. Mm-hmm. How many of those are you guys running in a year? Over a hundred. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So like one every lot. three days. Quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Quite a bit. Multiple ones each month. Um, there's some slow periods. Like it depends on the business yeah. uh, type two. Um, like certain businesses, they don't want to open up like fourth quarter, you right. know, cause they don't make any money fourth quarter. Yep. Um, so it depends a little bit on the fluctuation, but, um, yeah, there's quite a bit. We've, we've done a lot. So we have, what, yeah. um, what do you think the, f- so, so one of the things I've noticed on, on franchising, uh, particularly cause I see a lot of franchise applications come through for my franchise system, for, for Zoros that we've partnered with. I'm starting to see one a, a trend, and even when I look at my uh, channel statistics, whether it's the po- this podcast or YouTube, the age demographic for somebody who's who's at least absorbing our content, and a lot of people are thinking about investing in franchises, is not somebody who's necessarily older anymore. I'm starting to see more people in their 20s look at franchise ownership as a as a as a great path to entrepreneurship. Are you seeing the same thing? Yeah, honestly, uh, I've kind of seen a trend over the last like two years Uh where the franchisees are getting younger and younger. Yeah. Um, Whereas like when we first started, it wasn't, it wasn't the case. I think like the youngest one we, we worked with was like right at 40 years old or like late, very late thirties. Whereas now I've seen them late Mm twenties, like 28, you know, 27, Um, but it makes sense though, because like at the end of the day, we're in our own way. If you own a business, we're all kind of doing the same thing. Unless you're carving out a brand new industry, um, we're all operating models that already exist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. And so we're just operating them in our own way, serving a specific kind of customer with a specific kind of solution. Um, but ultimately it's not like, your business, my business, the smoothie place down the road, the restaurant, a restaurant's a restaurant, Mm -hmm. right? And there's so many different concepts out there and so many models that are proven that um, franchises ultimately are the ones who have everything documented. Yeah. 
and have everything outlined like right like that's we why might be the same model yeah, yes exactly they've already so got a, a proven box. model <laughs> yeah and if you're gonna start a business mm-hmm. unless you're the next like next big thing unless you're gonna invent the next blockchain or be the next big breakthrough in ai like go with a you're gonna go with a proven model right you know right yeah that's just doesn't make sense not to so yeah and particularly you know a lot of, smart yeah, they are and you know there's other things because because i've i've been at it's kind of weird throughout my career like i started my not career but let's just say over the next past uh decade you know, I was doing investing mm-hmm. in early stage startups through a, a business incubator and accelerator here in Kansas City called Beta Blocks. I loved my my companies that I would help. You know, throughout their six month, um, you know, as they come in as a cohort throughout their six month curriculum. The thing I didn't like was the fact that everything was new. Everything mm-hmm. was new. Like they were all early stage trying to figure it out to get ready for demo day to pitch investors. Now, what I really like, my favorite business on planet Earth right now, and they're really hard to identify, is when, and I always use the example of a a baker, you know, the cookie baker, just as a prototypical business owner. When the baker looks around and says, hey, I've got an amazing bakery. People love my stuff. And instead of opening up another location, I think I'm just going to replicate this bad boy and share it with the world, other entrepreneurs. And that entrepreneur has already done the hard work and proven their business model. And so they're not in the startup phase. They are committed and they're like, all right, not only am I committed, but I'm willing to sign up for a startup venture on top of my existing business because the franchise is a startup and it's a new business legally and all sorts of things, uh, particularly mentally more than anything. Mm-hmm. But I like that journey. I like that startup journey. I like the emerging franchise, the startup franchise space because there's that 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 all of that energy and all of that work. It's it's kind of like it's kind of like when you got you, you or I got our first podiums, right? It's like, yeah. hey, you've been training, you've been doing all this stuff, and then all of a sudden you get this third party validation that your work paid off and it was worth it was it was noticed by somebody. And when you yeah. sell your first franchise, it's like, oh my gosh, we built something somebody else wants. Yeah, yeah, no, literally, it's pretty cool. <laughs> like that's yeah. really dope. Like that's like yeah. probably one of the coolest things you could ever do is build something that another business system that another entrepreneur would want. Yeah, think about it. You're sharing a piece of the pie with someone. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, you're yeah. like, hey, I built this thing. I know it works. Let's go. Take it. Yeah, let's go. Right. Let's ride along and together. Get your own, get your, get your own success with it. My success is your success at this mm-hmm. point. I know. You know, so it's pretty cool. It is. And and I think that's the other thing I love about franchises, man. It's like the, the, the alignment, the alignment between Z and Zor and, and all the Z's together, as long as they're, you know, not in a culture where they think that they're competitive, you get a culture yeah. of collaboration and, and this big team type of thing. So, you know, if you're somebody, if you're somebody who's thinking about franchising, know that you're going to have a huge impact on the world yeah, by no, making that you decision. Are. You're going to impact mm-hmm. entrepreneurs' lives. You're going to impact customers that, that come to those entrepreneurs that you will never know. You may just see them on a royalty sheet one day, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fun model. That's a fun model. It is. It's. I mean, to operate a business, it's ultimately it comes down to providing value. 
So the moment you start doing that, you are like providing tremendous value. If your business is successful, then ultimately you're providing a tremendous value to society. Uh, Otherwise you wouldn't be successful because people wouldn't want to give you money. Yeah. You know, so I think it's, it's, it's a pretty cool thing to do with your life. Ultimately. I agree. You know, it's running one. So I agree. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Huge fan, huge fan. Um, if people want to reach out to you, like, you know, connect with you online, learn more about you, whatever. Um, well, first of all, it looks like at almost magical marketing is probably your Instagram yeah. handle based on the video, uh, based on the uh, video, but also mm-hmm. where else would they go? Or is that the best place for them to go? Um, yeah. So you could look up my company at almost magical marketing.com or almost magical.com. If you can't remember that. Um, and then if you're looking for me specifically and just want to interact with some of my content or stuff like that, um, I'm at the Chris Olivo, K R I S O L I V O on every platform. So every you platform. find me on whatever platform. Yep. The Chris Olivo, or if you go through almost magical marketing, we'll, we'll see it eventually. So. Awesome, man. Awesome. I deeply appreciate you taking time to share your story and your journey with folks, man. This is awesome. And I I got a feeling we're going to be doing work together behind the scenes. Uh, Just two guys who are aligned so much and have companies that probably can can help each other. So uh, look out world for us, maybe teaming up on projects and helping helping franchisees and franchisors do amazing things. Until next time, I'm your. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, I was just saying, yep, I'm excited for it, man. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All boats rise. All boats rise. Yeah. Facts. Until next time, I'm your host, Kevin Oldham, and I just have two asks. Number one, if you got value from today's conversation with Chris, I would love it if you subscribed or sent this episode to one person who may be impacted by it. And number two, we would love your reviews, kind of like operating in an echo chamber. We don't get a lot of feedback from our podcast besides the reviews. So if you feel so inclined, please leave it. I read every single one. Until next time, I hope that you have a phenomenal week and be blessed. 